Welcome to Waverly Gets Lit. I'm Ryan, a librarian with the Waverly Public Library, and this is Six Minute Catch. Studies show after six minutes of reading a book, you just can't put it down. I'm going to read a book from our shelves and try to hook you. Today, I'm going to read A Darker Shade of Magic, with permission from author V.E. Schwab, and a special thanks goes to V.E. Schwab and her assistant Kristen for giving permission. I'm excited to check this book out. We're just going to start at the beginning and read six minutes and talk briefly about what I think and why I might want to continue reading. Starts with a quote here. It looks like it's an in-story quote. Such is the quandary when it comes to magic, that it is not an issue of strength but of balance. For too little power, and we become weak. Too much, and we become something else entirely. Tyran Serenz head priest of the London Sanctuary. Chapter 1. The Traveler Kel wore a very peculiar coat. It had neither one side, which would be conventional, nor two, which would be unexpected, but several, which was, of course, impossible. The first thing he did whenever he stepped out of one London and into another was take off the coat and turn it inside out once or twice or even three times until he found the side he needed. Not all of them were fashionable, but they each served a purpose. There were ones that blended in and ones that stood out, and one that served no purpose but of which he was particularly fond. So when Cal passed through the palace wall and into the anteroom, he took a moment to steady himself. It took its toll moving between worlds, and then shrugged out of his red, high-collared coat, turned it inside out from right to left so that it became a simple black jacket. Well, a simple black jacket elegantly lined with silver thread and adorned with two gleaming columns of silver buttons. Just because he adopted a more modest palette when he was abroad, wishing neither to offend the local royalty nor to draw attention, didn't mean he had to sacrifice style. Oh, kings, thought Kel, as he fastened the buttons on the coat. He was starting to think like Rye. On the wall behind him, he could just make out the ghosted symbol made by his passage, like a footprint in sand, already fading. He'd never bothered to mark the door from this side, simply because he never went back this way. Windsor's distance from London was terribly inconvenient, considering the fact when traveling between worlds, Kell could only move between a place in one and the same exact place in another, which was a problem because there was no Windsor Castle a day's journey from Red London. In fact, Kell had just come through the stone wall of a courtyard belonging to a wealthy gentleman in a town called Dassan. Dasan was, on the whole, a very pleasant place. Windsor was not. Impressive, to be sure, but not pleasant. A marble counter ran against the wall, and on it a basin of water waited for him, as it always did. He rinsed his bloody hand, as well as the silver crown he'd used for passage. 
then slipped the cord it hung on over his head and tucked the coin back beneath his collar. In the hall beyond, he could hear the shuffle of feet, the low murmur of servants and guards. He had chosen the anteroom specifically to avoid them. He knew very well how little the Prince Regent liked him being here, and the last thing Kell wanted was an audience, a cluster of ears and eyes and mouths reporting the details of his visit back to the throne. Above the counter and the basin hung a mirror in a gilded frame, and Kell checked his reflection quickly. His hair, a reddish-brown, swept across one eye, and he did not fix it, though he did take a moment to smooth the shoulders of his coat before passing through a set of doors to meet his host. The room was stiflingly warm. The windows latched despite what looked like a lovely October day, and a fire raged oppressively in the hearth. George III sat beside it, a robe dwarfing his withered frame and a tea tray untouched before his knees. When Kell came in, the king gripped the edge of his chair. "'Who's there?' he called out without turning. "'Robbers? Ghosts?' "'I don't believe ghosts would answer, your majesty,' said Kell, announcing himself. The ailing king broke into a rotting grin. "'Master Kell,' he said, "'you've kept me waiting.' "'No more than a month,' he said, stepping forward. King George squinted his blind eyes. "'It's been longer, I'm sure. I promise it hasn't.' "'Maybe not for you,' said the king. "'But time isn't the same for the mad and the blind.' Kell smiled. The king was in good form today. It wasn't always so. He was never sure what state he'd find his majesty in. Perhaps it had seemed like more than a month since the last time Kell visited. The king had been in one of his moods, and Kell had barely been able to calm his fraying nerves long enough to deliver his message. "'Maybe it's the year that's changed,' continued the king, "'and not the month.' "'Ah, but the year is the same.' "'And what year is that?' Kell's brow furrowed. "'1819,' he said. "'A cloud passed across King George's face, "'and then he simply shook his head and said, "'Time!' "'As if that one word could be to blame for everything. "'Sit, sir,' he added, gesturing at the room. "'There must be another chair in here somewhere.' "'There wasn't. "'The room was shockingly sparse.' and Kell was certain the doors in the hall were locked and unlocked from without, not within. The king held out a gnarled hand. They had taken away his rings to keep him from hurting himself, and his nails were cut to nothing. "'My letter,' he said, and for an instant Kell saw a glimmer of the George he once was, Regal. "'All right.' That was six minutes of A Darker Shade of Magic, and I have Bethany here with me. Hello. Thank you for joining. We're going to discuss this. Um, well, just first, what is your what, what do you think so far? Yeah, well, I'm definitely intrigued. Um, I don't usually read a lot of kind of like fantasy, but I okay. think it was really, 
I don't know. It was really interesting. It already has started to develop really unique and cool characters. And yeah, so definitely keep reading. Yeah. I I really like the writing style. Mm-hmm. Um, one specific thing that stood out to me yeah. was the way the author is not holding your hand. I've heard the idea right. of a book having a learning curve. Uh-huh. Which is kind of funny, but yeah. it's it's true. Yeah. You because this one he's not like, oh, his hand was bloody because of. Right. He just says there's a bowl of water waiting. Right. Because his hand was going to be bloody. You know, like. Right. They, they knew. Right. Why? Yeah. And I expect that I'll find out over time. But that's part of the reason you want to keep reading. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. He didn't bore me with all the details of how cool he thinks is or right. she. I'm sorry. I'm thinking he because of the character, but the the author is a woman. Yeah. Um, and how, yeah, she's not, she's not over impressed with her own world. Exactly. It just feels natural. Yeah. I, it's, it's great. You can tell she's created a world that she's familiar with and is able to write from it in a point of authority. Um, I did, one of my first thoughts actually, have you ever seen Howl's Moving Castle or Yes. I went there immediately with this whole like <laughs> tall, dark stranger going between worlds and this uh, in the so in the movie, he um, has this this man named Hal has this moving house, and it moves not only occasionally on legs but also <laughs> between locations with this sort of just switch. Mm-hmm. And so you'll open the door, be in a different place, and yes. so and he also has a cloak, although it doesn't change. But right. I I don't know that kind of style is where I went very quickly which is cool because that's one of my favorite movies so yes that would definitely be a reason why i'd want to keep reading this book even if it doesn't stay you yeah. know similar it it, <laughs> it hooked me to be like oh maybe that would be kind of kind of like how's moving Castle." right yeah i could i can see that yeah i can definitely see that i like i love a multiverse yeah in fiction right i just do I, yeah it opens so much creativity. And looking at the cover, right. just briefly, we've got, we see uh, Kel, I'm imagining, because he's got his coat trailing behind him. And um, red at this moment, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he's moving from a black London to a red London. Yeah. Is my understanding of what I'm looking at there. Which is, it's cool that even just six minutes in, you can understand parts of that cover. Whereas if yeah. you were to just look at it, I'd... When I no. first saw it, it was very abstract, and you're yeah. sort of like, oh, I don't know what's happening. It's cool. But even six minutes in, you're like, oh, I see he's transitioning between the worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love the King character. I love that you do a voice, <laughs> Ryan. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and that, I mean, that's one cool thing about listening to them on audio is that people can create these characters that might be different than if you just read it Yeah. Uh, as, as a book. But, yeah, I, I think he sounds... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, the hint of madness right. a few times. Right, yeah. Um, I, I loved for some reason when she said, you know, something about squinting blindly, that even though he's blind, he, you can see him squinting, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would totally keep reading this book. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Bethany, and thank you again, V.E. Schwab. This has been exciting. This is a, another six minute catch so better get your name on this book before everyone else (laughs) and thanks for listening this is waverly gets lit
Get lit.